Hey, this is Derek D-Train, He2. Tonight's episode is brought to you by... At Second String Leather Company, vintage goalie gear is revived, repurposed, and restitched into one-of-a-kind, handcrafted leather goods. Each collection has been hand-selected and shares a unique journey from early morning practices to championship games. Each piece has a story to tell and memories to share. Timeless products forged from full grain oil tanned leather paired with a unique blend of vintage gear. Hey, we got a guest with us tonight, Chris Mancuso from Get the Puck Out, sitting with us tonight. What's up, Chris? What's up, boys? Apparently it says my name's Korea Mancuso. I don't know what's up with that, but Chris Mancuso here. Good to see you guys. Look at how good everybody looks, you bunch of people. I love Korea. it. <laughs> bunch of beauties. Your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark the Doctor Morley. Oh, doctor. Oh, boy. We got it. Very special guest sitting with us tonight, uh, six-time NHL All-Star. Uh, can't wait to get into the interview with Jerome again. How are you doing, Jerome? Hey, good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, welcome to Blue Line Hockey Club, man. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, my so, pleasure. I'm uh, not doing too much uh, these days. I imagine you guys either. This is uh, no. love to talk hockey. Where's your quarantining happening right now? I'm in Boston. Yeah, we're in uh, Brookline here in Boston uh, with the family and stuff. So uh, nice. Um, it, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'm, we get a little restless once in a while. I imagine you guys do too, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, we're we're all about the same age. We're a couple years younger than you, but uh, we appreciate Steve Dubinsky getting in touch with you and, and uh, putting this together for us. And you have a son that uh, plays in the Super Series, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we have two. We have, uh, well, I have we have three do- uh, three kids. Our daughter is uh, Jade. She's uh, an O2. She plays hockey. She's uh, 15. And we have two boys that are Tej, who's an O4. And uh, 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 sorry, it's O4 is our daughter. O6 is our boy Tej, and O8 uh, uh, Joe is our our youngest. I'm I'm already messing those uh, up. At least I didn't mess the names up, hey. Yeah, yeah, then you'd be in trouble. Exactly. You know, you always know a hockey guy when he references his kids by 08s and 04s and <laughs> by their birth year. Yeah, yeah that's my great. son is an 06. Yeah. So how's it? You're you're coaching for uh, one of the teams, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I coach for both the boys' teams, so it uh, it keeps me uh, really busy. My daughter didn't want me on the ice with her at all. Really, she, <laughs> she, she was always a little bit embarrassed or whatever to have her dad out there. So. But the boys yeah, seem to like it most days. Um, yep, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, we go to Duber's uh, tournaments, uh, some of the Super Series, um, which are fun. They're usually travel tournaments. And 
pretty intense and stuff. So it's, uh, I love it. It's, uh, it's a neat way to be around the rink and, uh, hang out with the kids and also try to, you know, try to share some, uh, hockey stuff and, and, um, you know, it's competitive and, uh, it's been a ton of fun and fills a lot of, uh, my time. Yeah. So what do you think about, I mean, obviously you're a Canadian guy. Um, what's it like to have your kids involved in, you know, US ho- USA hockey now and some of the differences you saw um, from the, the way the Canadians maybe have their minor hockey and how the Americans are running it now? Uh, that's, a, that's a good uh, question and a loaded question. I, <laughs> um, you know, definitely lots of positives, lots of positives. Uh, we've enjoyed our time out here uh, uh over the last few years, uh, three years since we were done. And, um, yeah, it's, they're, they're both very uh, strong programs, minor hockey-wise. Um, a little bit of the differences you maybe see in uh, some of the Canadian teams we play, I would say Canada's a little bit more physical when we go up to Toronto. And, uh, um, you know, I'm not going to compare to when I grew up because uh, that's a ways, way back. So uh, <laughs> but just when we, go and, when we go play teams up there, it's uh, – yeah, it's a little bit more physical, probably a little bit more, um, you know, uh, system team oriented. And then in the States, uh, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, a lot of skill, uh, still great hockey. Um, you know, both sides are skill, but it may be a little bit more focused on the skill. And, uh, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's it maybe not quite as physical. Yeah, that's how I'd probably stay uh polit- politically correct uh i'm sure you know there's things i would agree disagree on both sides yeah. but uh, they're both great hockey programs that's awesome yeah good one but uh jerome with the uh you know right now all of us should be enjoying the uh nhl you know playoffs um you know i always say it's the best time of the year you know we get to start grilling in our flip-flops and um you know putting the uh hockey night in canada on and watching some um, NHL playoffs, but um, with you, you know, being, you know, a long NHL uh, veteran, what was it like? What was the atmosphere like, like right now, like getting into the playoffs? Oh yeah, it was, uh, it was the best for sure. Uh, hockey's always fun. Um, you know, it preseason is kind of, you know, it's, it's really exciting when you're just trying to make a team, but after you make it into NHL, you, you know, you use it to get ready and you kind of can't wait to get through preseason and get to the regular season. Um, you know, when it, when it counts, but when it really counts, obviously is the playoffs and everybody is, uh, you know, if you're fortunate enough to, to be a part of it and, uh, usually there's a race down to the end and, you know, with the way the standings are, so many teams are in the mix. And, uh, if you do make it, uh, yeah, you just, it's the whole, the whole intensity goes up a whole nother level. Um, it's, it's, uh, uh, the physical side, it's, it's full out. And, um, yeah, I like, I like it too. There's only, you know, 16 teams. You've already eliminated, uh, uh, half of the league pretty much. And, um, you know, it's accomplishment just to make it, but then you have a chance each time if you could fortunate enough to move through a series, uh, that's a pretty special feeling to eliminate another team and, and uh, to keep going. So yeah, it brings back great memories. And, you know, it was, uh, uh, you know, you, just, you think of each game six or game seven you didn't win, or you know, and it's kind of funny. You don't really think of the ones you won. You know, the ones that you're, you 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 just scraped it out or got great bounces, and you you know, tend to think more of the ones if you could just get one extra bounce here or there and could have moved on or could have won and stuff. But <laughs> it, it was a ton of fun and uh, truly, truly uh, blessed to have gotten to to be part of it. And and uh, now I enjoy watching it. It wasn't easy to watch when I when I first. Uh, <laughs> 
got done in the NHL, but now with the kids and uh, I'm getting more comfortable. Uh, you know, I, I love the game of hockey, so um, it is it's enjoying watching more and more now. Is there a comeback, Joe? A comeback, maybe? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tried that uh, with Seattle or whatever, and uh, um, I was kind of my hip was. Uh, I had a couple little things bothering me, but my hip was uh, one I was trying to kind of work through and see if I could get back. Uh, had a hip procedure, uh, I guess at the you know waiting uh, beginning of the year. It was the Olympic year, the last one, and um, I actually went out and I was trying to catch on and, and see if I could get back healthy enough to try to play uh, for Team Canada and, and uh, get a chance at the Olympics and hopefully come back in the playoffs. And I actually, the Bruins uh, let me uh, go down and skate with Providence and, and have a look and stuff. But I wasn't up to speed, but it was still a cool experience. And uh, uh, I got my hips done right after that. So my days of uh, playing at any high speed or close to high speed or whatever is, are, are well behind me. Now, Jerome, Chris Mancuso here. I just want to say, first off, I'm a Bruins fan in my in my personal time. And the season you spent with the Bruins was awesome. And I do uh, did a podcast down there for a for a Boston uh, sports site. And uh, I said I saw that you said at the beginning and heard that you said you still live in Boston with the family. Now, is that where you guys reside full time? And and is that for any particular reason, or was it just like that's where the city you like the most to play because it's the best hockey city and sports? city in the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh i enjoyed my time here in boston though the one year for sure it was uh, an amazing experience uh great city awesome sport uh city the, the way they support all their teams and the bruins uh and then the group of guys it was uh it was one of my most uh fun years i had in the nhl um you know and in, in some of the years you know you're battling to get in the playoffs and you know there's some neat years there for sure in calgary and stuff um, and, and getting close to the Stanley Cup. But uh, the Bruins was different. It was a year that we were we won the President's Trophy that year. We were a very strong team the whole year, and, and I had never really been a part of that, uh, being on a full season and a different kind of stress, and you're planning for the playoffs. Uh, and they have such a great, great group of guys. A lot of that core is still there that are so focused. Chara, Bergeron, Marchand, uh, Rask, um, you know, so – it was just neat. It was neat to just be a part of it as a 36-year-old and just show up, and they had it, you know, a fine-tuned machine. And uh, so it was one of my uh, most fun years, and unfortunately we didn't uh, get past the second round and the, the darn Canadians there in Game 7, but uh, <laughs> it was it was fun. But, um, yeah, so why did we resign? Sorry about the long uh, ad about what we side here. Um, <laughs> it was when we were done in Denver, Denver, another uh, – I finished my career with the Colorado Avalanche, and uh, – uh, Denver is a great, great city to live in and stuff. But with the kids, they all play hockey, the three of them. So to play competitive hockey out of there, you have to you have to fly everywhere. And if you're familiar with Denver, yeah. the, the yeah. airport's like 45 minutes out of town. Um, I was sick of traveling. So we said to the kids, we'd literally, between three of them, they, we'd probably have 20 travel trips. They'd probably be five, six, seven between them each. So, you know, it, it was like we had to move. So we... We've been moving the kids. We moved them from Calgary to Boston. Then we went to Denver. So we gave them a choice, really. And, you know, a choice with a suggestion. You know, oh, wouldn't Boston be nice or, or Calgary? But uh, they chose uh, Boston and as the place they remember their teams right before that in the school. So we put them back in the same schools, uh, in the same hockey clubs. Uh, so they were familiar with that. And then being out of Boston here now, uh, everything's pretty much driving. And uh, um, 
So it was more a, a kid's hockey decision. I definitely probably sound like a crazy hockey parent, hey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. As a, yeah. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Hey, my son's in travel. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a, you know, I guess a quick question here. As far as playoffs, I always describe it as a horse race, right? Would you rather be the lead horse, the middle horse, or a horse coming from the back and running all the way past everybody? Uh, well, I'd, I'd probably rather be the lead horse in a, in a perfect world. You'd love to know you, you know, you, you have those. Mm. I, 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 I don't know if it's fair to, you know, I, I didn't get a lot of experiences with being that. Uh, a couple times we had some really good teams. Uh, the team in 04, we were from behind, and that was fun. That was you know, on those ones where you knock a team off and if you can get some momentum after the first round, we beat the Vancouver Canucks in 04 in game seven um, in overtime, you know, and so once you go through that, it was all gravy. It was like, hey, we, we've got past the first. We're going against the Detroit. I remember playing the Detroit Red Wings the next series, and I think it was literally two nights later, and um, we were, it was near the end of the game, and we were beat, I think they beat us 5-1, and we weren't even close. And I remember... You know, you didn't, I didn't say it out loud, but I thought, well, at least we got here. You know, at least we made it to the second round. Uh, but the next game, Kipper, uh, Mika Kippersoff stood on his head. We won a, the game, I think, one nothing, And yeah. the pressure shifted to the Detroit Red Wings. And we ended up, you know, long story, Kipper stood on his head. You know, we had some real timely goals, Jelena and all that. And uh, we beat him in six. So they had the pressure, but... Um, you know, they definitely had the horses in all the other years they, they'd win and stuff, but that was pretty neat. And, um, and then, I, you know, I think the other one I would compare to would be uh, in Boston where we lost in Game 7 to the Montreal Canadiens that I already spoke about. But, you know, we, it just – if we could have got – it felt like if we could have just got past that, that was the only team that year that kind of gave us some trouble. It just felt like if we could have got past that, we had so many different guys to, to count on and, and we could find those extra goals and – uh, didn't work out that way, but, um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I would just want to be whatever horse will get to, to win the final, I guess, if that was one of your, uh, your, uh, options. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whichever horse wins in the end, that's the best way to pick it. A hundred percent. Now, Jerome, being a Bruins fan, when you look back on it, I know you never want to have any regrets and this, that, and the other, but the trade deadline, you decided to go to Pittsburgh over the Bruins the year you went, uh, you ended up signing in Boston the next season, and the Bruins lost in the finals that year. Um, that was that, did that rain in your mind at all after that? Like once you came there the next season, did that ever come into your mind that like, shit, if I just would have been here last year, we would have been defending champions? No, no, I never thought about it uh, at all. I didn't even think. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it, it was one of those, um, you know, the the way the, the trade deadline went, um, it was, I had a, you know, there's, there's no trade. There's like no trade 10 team, 25. I don't know if all those rules still happen now. Yeah, and then yeah. there's no move. And uh, I had a no move clause at, at uh, 35 there. So it was really uh, my agent, and uh, JC for the GM had talked, and we had submitted four teams. And the four teams I submitted, I believe, were the Kings, the Blackhawks, the Bruins, and the Penguins. And there was a, if you, I, I probably shouldn't bring it up myself, um, <laughs> but where, where there was a, a misunderstanding, and, uh, and it, was, it was placed, some people may remember as uh, Aaron White. Uh, uh, excuse me, guys. <laughs> that I had already been traded to the Bruins. 
And it was a misunderstanding. <laughs> now, our side believed, you know, my Donnie, Donnie, me, and, um, you know, that we were, that you submit your four teams and see if there's any interest. And they try to, you know, work it out. And then ultimately we, we get to pick the team. And then in fairness to Jay Feaster, I believe he thought that we'd go to any of the four teams and he would just do that. So I'd never been through it before. I talked to him in the morning. I talked to my agent. He said, okay, we'll just leave it with me. I'll, I'll, I'll keep working with Jay and we'll work on that. Uh, and then all that stuff got out kind of, and I didn't know, you know, anyway, long story, but anyway, with the teams, um, yeah, it was, it was one that I think I would have probably made the same decision today. So I don't, I don't beat myself up about that. I, the, the penguins, the penguins had won like 13 in a row. It was that short. Yeah. They were so season. hot at the time. And the Bruins were struggling then too, at the time, at that point in the season. Yeah. And 13 games in a row, they made the trade. They made a couple of trades already. Uh, Brendan Morrow, really good physical uh, uh, power forward, been around a long time. Yep. Uh, Douglas Murray, big D-man, good, hard guy to play against. They added them, plus they'd won 12 or 13 in a row, and Melkin was out over that time. So from the outside looking like they're on a roll, they're going to get Malcolm back, they got these two guys, and hopefully I can come in and help them. I thought, man, this is too – and then, like you say, the Bruins, I don't remember if they were fully struggling, but they weren't rolling at the same cliff, and I thought this is, could be my one chance to, to win a Stanley Cup. And um, – I enjoyed it. They were they were good. The, the we we had a great first two series. Uh, uh, you know, actually the Islanders were really good that series, but we beat them, I believe, in six. And then Ottawa, we we beat in five, and we were rolling. But then I'll, I'll admit, like uh, we we were waiting for the Bruins, and yeah, part of me is like, oh man, like you can't, oh geez, and then it became a nightmare. Like that's the last thing you want, you know, as personally to know I picked over. Uh, uh, penguins over the Bruins and, and then they sweep us. It was, uh, they obviously got the last laugh. It was, uh, uh, a true, when you're going through it, you just can't believe it, but it is what it is. And, and things were, you know, meant to be, and it wasn't, uh, uh, in the cards for me there, but, um, you know, uh, but at the same time, the next year, uh, you know, I had a ton of respect for the Bruins. I was very thankful that they gave me another opportunity to come there. And, uh, was thrilled. It was a, one of the best, like I said, best years of uh, my hockey career, getting to play with those guys and be there and uh, uh, wish it would have ended better, but it was still an amazing experience. So, um, yeah, it was I certainly that didn't was, want it that to was end. Different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that one hurt losing that for sure. Hey, let, Jerome, Cree at Mancuso here is trying to make this all about the Bruins. I don't know, man. It, <laughs> hey, I was put, I was put up to that. I was heartbroken. We had to get Yarmer Yager. And I, 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 God bless Yager, one of the best players of all time. But at that point, I think like he was skating in slow motion. And I remember when the Blackhawks came back. Just thinking the whole time, like if we just had a Ginla, like I was, I was salty about it. But then you came, and then you came back, and it was just like you said, just such a great season. And you playing with Krejci and Lucic, it was just amazing, man. Uh, I, I had, to, I had to bring it up though, because like when I went to bed that night thinking we had you, and I woke up the next morning finding out there was no Jerome on the Bruins, I was pretty heartbroken. So it would have been a disservice to everyone I know in Boston had I not brought it up a little bit. <laughs> oh no problem, no problem. I, just, I deserved then. it. 
Jerome, if, if you don't mind, listen, I, uh, you know, let, let's get away from the Bruins a little bit, even though, you know, like I say, Korea is trying to get it there all night long. But listen, I, I would like to uh, I'd like to take it back a bit. Um, if you wouldn't mind, I, I know that uh, I think you have kind of like a similar upbringing, upbringing, if I re- if I read it properly about how you came up with uh, kind of being raised by, you know, a single mom and some grandparents. Um can you kind of go back to talking about how it all began, man? And we had, you know, Grant Furon, you know, quite a few episodes. I think he was a big influence in your career. Uh, do you mind kind of talking about how, you know, it kind of all began? I don't, I, don't, I don't mean to take it from like, you know, one end of the spectrum to the other, but I think people would like to know how it all began, how you got your career going and uh, just kind of elaborate on that if you would. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, no, um, yeah, going back, it's, um, I grew up with my, well, my parents were divorced before I, I mean, they divorced when I was like one years old, you know, so, uh, and my dad, uh, he, I grew up in Edmonton, St. Albert, which is a suburb just outside Edmonton, and my dad was in Edmonton, so, uh, I lived with my mom, um, and I was still close with my dad, and I saw him lots, and talked to him lots, but I grew up with my mom, and my dad was remarried, actually, as long as I can remember, uh, I can never remember them not being married. Uh, so it wasn't, uh, you know, he was a part of my life, but, um, you know, he also had another young family, um, that, that I would see, but he was busy. He was going to school. He, uh, uh, was busy going to university and stuff. So I grew up with my mom and my grandparents, uh, lived really close. And after schools, I'd go there a lot and, uh, pretty much every day while my mom was working too. She had, uh, uh, worked a lot. So, uh, my grandpa was big into sports, huge into sports, and um, he got me into hockey. It was, uh, and I look back, I was very, very fortunate. Um, around his house, there was an outdoor rink that was within a block away. So I started hockey at age seven. I just went out and tried, and and in that area in Canada, that's not an early age to start. So I had to catch up a little bit. Yeah. Grandpa put me in in a lot of uh, power skating and hockey schools, and we had a, a ton of fun together. He never missed a game. My grandparents were very, very supportive, and if if they weren't there, it was you know hockey, as you know, takes a ton of time and a ton of travel. And my dad was finishing his; uh, he went on to be um, a lawyer, and and he was really busy going to school for a long time. And my mom was working. If my grandparents weren't there, I would never, um, never be able to to have made it. I know there was no chance. I know they all worked hard, um, but yeah, it was it was so much fun. And my grandpa was, you know, it's it's amazing, you know, being a dad now and a coach and you try not to on the way home say anything in the car and it's hard it's hard sometimes you know um oh my gosh uh it it, it is and i try and my grandpa was and my mom my mom just enjoyed the game period you know it was always oh great game you played great oh you know no literally we could have lost yeah 10 nothing and she said the same thing you know but my grandpa um he was also the same he did all i remember he never Never critiqued me, never said anything um, about, you know, this good game or he didn't maybe he didn't talk too much about it or whatever. And so I said to my mom, I said, uh, um, oh, you know, Grandpa, he was always so uh, so relaxed and always he goes, oh, he wasn't always that way. So my mom had a brother and I guess he used to coach him and he was really intense. And I have to give my grandpa props, I guess, you know, my my <laughs> uncle, uh, uh, he actually played with Grandpier and stuff too, growing up baseball and hockey. And, um, you know, I guess he was a pretty good goalie, but it didn't work out for him. But my, my grandpa did a 180 and I never, ever would have guessed. I guess he, he'd get tossed, uh, 
out as coaches and stuff. But I, I shouldn't say that. In, in fairness, he switched the intensity. I, he would go to the games. He would go to the games and get tossed out as a fan when I was there. Like, <laughs> I'm no word so of a awesome. lie, but I didn't bother. Me. It didn't really bother me. But he would never say a bad thing about the way I played, and I, it was just so neat when I heard that he used to be the intense other way and made the adjustment. So. I'm trying. I'm trying as a parent. Once uh, my I, I try to go around the I beat around the bush a little bit, and my my one son was probably about eight years old, and and I said, oh, you know, and I had these like, were you kind of, you know, were you not feeling, you know, kind of like not feeling well today, a cold? He goes, just say it, Dad. Was I not getting in the corner and getting the puck enough? You know. <laughs> so you know, like, yes, give it, was, it to me, Dad. <laughs> exactly, but I try not to. No, it's 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 been it's almost over. It goes so fast. It's like a couple more years, and there'll be no more coaching them, and hopefully they'll still be playing. But man, it's fun and it goes quick. Did your grandpa get to see you uh, play in the NHL, Jerome? Oh, he did. Yeah, he did for a lot of years. He passed away in 2010, I believe, uh, uh, just after the Olympics. I, I if I oh, remember nice. correctly, there in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. So he was a huge Proud fan grandpa, all, all the way. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was, yeah, neat to get to share with them and my grandma and my mom and, and my dad. And that was one of the cool things getting to play in Calgary, uh, being so close to Edmonton is they, they got to a ton of games and, you know, the rivalries between the Oilers and the Flames. I grew up watching the Oilers. And uh, like you said, I was a big, big Grand Pier fan. I got to play with him in his last uh, year. So lots of neat things and, and uh, being, being around that, being around home was, was really special. Jerome, when when you first got into the NHL, you know, I I just saw, well, I've known for a while, but you know, you're scoring your first goal against uh, Eddie the Eagle and and playing on Theo Fleury. You know, what the hell was that like for you as an 18 year old? Uh, Do we have time? I'll tell you a quick story if we have time. If you don't, (laughs) your your time uh, is our time. Yeah. We're talking well, to Jerome again. I'll stay here till two in the morning. We've got time. We're okay. <laughs> that one is kind of yeah. It was an eat uh, my first game. So we so I signed a contract. I was eighteen years old um, in the WHL playing with the Kamloops Blazers, and uh, I signed. I had agreed to a contract, but I wasn't going to sign it till after my junior career, uh, our junior year was over in the playoffs, and we. We were doing pretty well, but we lost out, I think, in the third round um, in the WHL, and and we were at home. Uh, that night, I got a call from my agent, Donnie Meehan, and he said, uh, uh, Al Coates with the Calgary Flames called, and he said, you're going up to the game tomorrow to uh, watch and uh, uh, wants you to come in and watch the playoffs. They're playing the Blackhawks. Game three, it's at, uh, I think it was like a one o'clock game. It might have been two or three or something. So... Uh, I was in BC. I was one one hour earlier there, so it's uh, uh, the game comes quick. Uh, but you know, I, I was coming up to watch, so I went out with at the end of the year with the boys uh, on the team. We lost out, so we went to we had a uh, you know you have you hang pops. out maybe yeah a few pops some of the some of the you know we all did and stuff. And I remember, but I but I did go home, and I didn't go home too early. The light came, it was coming up, the sun, right? But uh, I thought, oh, I better get going. And I know I'm just watching, but I got to be respectful, uh, respectable, and uh, excited to go up. But I wasn't nervous. I I didn't expect to play. So I got there. I got there the next morning, and I flew out early, and and I got to the 
airport. I went straight to the Alcoats office and we signed the contract. I had my equipment. I went right downstairs and people were half dressed. People are half dressed. I was going around the dressing room trying to meet people, shaking their hands. It feels like enough with the handshakes. Get ready. We were going out soon. <laughs> so, so I played the game. Long story short, we, we played the game. Um, I got to, oh yeah. And the other thing is, uh, they tell me when I get there, sorry, that, that you're playing, you know, just sign the contract. And then right then he goes, okay, you're playing. And I'm like, oh my God. So, you know, the adrenaline's <laughs> flying. I'm so excited. Sorry, I left that out. And then they say, then they say I'm playing on, I'm going to center Theo Fleury and German Titoff, who are, you know, those, obviously those guys were their, their number one line, you know, whoever, whatever line Theo's on is the number one line at that time. I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. So I, I go out and it's just pure adrenaline. I hadn't really eaten much. Uh, <laughs> didn't have a ton of sleep. Um, I think we, we, yeah, it was, yeah, we, we lost that one, uh, two, one, I believe the game was, uh, but the billets said, uh, the billets and Kamloops had said to the, some of the, my teammates there in junior, they go, get up, get up. Jerome's uh, playing in the game. They're like, yeah, whatever. I was just with him a few hours ago. There's no chat. <laughs> you know, so it was, it was a neat, but if they would have told me I was playing, I would never have been able to sleep. I would have been so nervous. I would have been horrible. Uh, yeah. you know, just way too nervous. And it was, it was, it was pretty neat. So, uh, uh, that was that part of it. And then to answer how the game was, it was like a video game the day before being uh, watching them on the highlights and seeing uh, Chelios and Ronick and shooting on Eddie Belfour and playing out of line with Theo. It was literally like, that was probably one of my most exciting games ever to go from, to actually make it to the NHL and to be playing wow. against those guys, watch them on Rock'em Sock'em. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unreal. Nice. Unreal. Hey, we're, we're talking with uh, Jerome Iggy Beginla, if we can call you Iggy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. I just want to um, go for, to the opposite end of the spectrum. I was actually trying to get you on this show a while back, and I called the PR people up in Calgary, and they said, uh, uh, no, Jerome's done in, taking interviews. This was right before they um, retired your jersey up there. So you must have had a, quite the media uh, blitz right before they retired your jersey. We tried to get you on the show, but I guess you had a pretty uh, long couple of weeks of doing interviews. And just talk Good about cool. what that was like to uh, – <laughs> You know, get your jersey raised to the rafters. I'm sure your kids are up there watching. What an experience, you know. There's not too many people to get to uh, watch their jersey get raised up to the rafters. What was that like? Yeah, it was, it, you know, I've been, been truly, truly blessed to get to play 20 years uh, in the NHL. And um, it, it's amazing how fast it goes. No matter how long you play, no matter how how many years, it, it just is a, a blink of an eye. And, um, yeah, that was that – was, um, a huge honor and it was different it was different it's like you go back and it feels like I was you know just there and you want to be you know you want to be on the ice and uh um and, and each year kind of goes into each you know to each other but being able to share that with my kids uh my mom was there my dad um and their kids being old enough to to uh, to see it, and honestly, to be honest, it's not something I would have dreamt of when I started hockey and, and made it to the NHL. You know, and I never thought, man, one day, you know, if I could have my my jersey retired, I was just trying. What you make it to the NHL, then you just want to belong, and then you want to, you know, get on the power play, and then you, you know, you're just trying to you're just trying to win games and and it, and have fun, and and you know, every year is, is you don't really ever feel like, man, this is I've arrived type of thing. So no, it was it was a huge 
it, it's something that's uh, very nice of them. Um, it's something that uh, I'll never forget. Uh, and it's also kind of, it's kind of sad. Like it's, it's exciting <laughs> and it's kind of like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, that's yeah. the end. That's the, you know, oh, and the, the fans are great. The fans are great. And, and, um, uh, the sea of red there, uh, it was truly awesome. I'll never, ever forget it for sure. But it's like all the emotions at once. You know what I mean? So, um, that's happy. I don't believe I cried. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you were calm, cool, and collected. I was, uh, well, not on the inside. I didn't think so much for you either, that one, <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. I, I, look, I was blown away when I saw the ceremony. You know, when I heard all the accolades, you know, it brought back memories and everything. But what I was blown away by was, you know, the amount of money you were able to generate for kids sports. You know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, why? Why did you even bother? Well, I, I think the, the Calgary Flames definitely deserve a lot of uh, credit for that. And, and part of when you play in Calgary, and I'm sure, you know, there's other, you know, programs and, and cities and NHL and every team is does things with their, their group of players. But Calgary, I think they did a good job. Peter Hanlon there and, and their group, um, you know, when I, when I first got there, of, of aligning you with things, each player, trying to get you involved in the community, Ken King and, and all the different guys they have, trying to get you involved in the community, but not just to be out there, but to find things that mean something to you and, 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 and for some special purpose that means something to each player to connect with. And for me, sports was something that uh, I absolutely loved. My, um, I know I was fortunate and I never would have had the opportunity, like I said earlier, if my grandpa and my grandma didn't have that time for me and, and to take me around while my, my parents were busy. My mom went to as many games as she could. My dad went to some games uh, growing up and stuff, but uh, my grandparents were there all the time and not everybody has that opportunity. And for me, uh, you know, I played every sport you can imagine, whether it was uh, baseball, uh, you know, every summer was baseball, do baseball camps, hockey, do the hockey camps, but I also played basketball, you know, volleyball, was in the tennis club, you know, they got me into bowling, literally, like, yeah. I think I, you know, I had a lot of energy to burn, I guess, but <laughs> it was like, it was so fun, and I think it all helped me, but also some of my best friends, uh, I know it kept me out of trouble, and um and also some of my best friends today are guys that I played minor hockey with at nine years old and 10 years old and uh, played baseball yeah. with. And, you know, it yeah. was, it's more than just getting a chance to be in the NHL. They were truly some of my best memories, you know, is, is winning provincials at, you know, 12 years old, uh, you know, in St. Albert and, and stuff. Yeah. So I, I think it's just so great for kids. And I think it develops, uh, you know, you get, you know, winning is you, you want to win. You learn to deal with pressure, but losing is part of it. Uh, friendships accepting teammates and, and accepting the differences and embracing that and, and uh, learning how to, um, you know, uh, bring people in part of a team, but also how to fit in on a team and, and to gain confidence and stuff. So I think it's so important for kids. And I was very blessed to get into, to do it as a kid and to do that many different activities. And I wanted to, so it, it really meant a lot to me. And I think kids sport was a great program that, that uh, lets kids, uh, uh, be a part of it and different levels, whether it was elite level, whether it's just getting in grassroots level, um, loved it. And I think they do a great job. And yeah, it was neat that they were able to, you know, I was able to help them uh, raise some money and I know they're continuing to rolling and, and, and doing really well and doing great things. So um, yeah, it was very special to be a, a, a small part of it. And, um, you know, and I really believe in it. 
That's awesome, Jerome. And like you said, like those memories and you grow up and sports is more than just a game. You meet your lifelong friends. I'm sure your group of circle, uh, like your circle group of close friends probably came from the guys, like you said, you grew up playing with as a kid and that. But speaking of great memories, Jerome, you and me, my, I'm Chris Mancuso. I, I'm here on the podcast. I live in Ontario. You're a Canadian boy and the rest of these guys are from New York. <laughs> a great memory that I wanted here to bring up. <laughs> a great memory that I wanted to bring up with you, Jerome, was uh, was the certain, you know, everybody talks about the gold medal goal or, the, you know, the golden goal in Canada. But, uh, you know, uh, when, when he oh, yelled, wow. Iggy, I mean, when, when Jerome yelled that pass, or, or sorry, when Crosby yelled for that pass and you gave it to him in the corner, it was going in the back of the net. You're a kid from Western Canada. Just being able to win the gold medal. I mean, we've been on here with you forever. I'm not trying to take up all your time, but to be able to win the gold medal for Canada over the USA on your uh, on your side of the country, just take us through that uh, just so these four doofuses have to know what it's going to be second place one more time. <laughs> no, I got time. Thanks. So it's a pleasure. Uh, it's, uh, and Christmas, yeah. everybody. I love it. I was hoping you were going to bring that up, eh? <laughs> yeah, that, that was uh, that was fun. That was um, I'll, I'll tell you that that game, the whole Olympics there in Vancouver, uh, the way the city celebrated it, and and each you know you go into the uh, you go into the downtown, it's packed, and every game and all the being a part of Olympics that, you know, the, the way the country support it and each sport, you're, you're all that stuff. And I thought it was just, it's such a cool finish and getting to play the U S. Um, and then, uh, you know, the game was going great and, and, and it was, you know, you try not to count down. It's a close game. It's going back and, you know, fourth and you try not to count down. And what were we in, in the last 30 minute, I, I don't, you know, 50 seconds or whatever it was when they scored, it was heartbreaking. You're like, Oh my God. Like what just happened? We're that close to winning a gold medal on home soil, and uh, so we go into the dressing room, and it, it was quiet. It was. It was like, you know, it was. Each player knew that either way we were going to remember this. You know, it was going to either remember for for good or for bad. We were not going to. And in Canada, you don't let. You know, it would have been tough to live down losing to the states. They already beat us, uh, I believe, in the round robin, and. Uh, it would have been tough. It would have been tough to have a late goal go against us and, you know, another miracle on ice or whatever video movie that they, you know, like, <laughs> who knows what would have happened, right? So, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was, but it was pretty neat in the dressing room. After a few minutes, guys were quiet, but then they started getting going. I think it was Scott Niedermeyer said, okay, someone's going to be a, a hero tonight. Um, you know, and then every, you know, guys start getting into it. And, um, you know, I do believe that sports are, are so fun and the more that, is on the line the more thrilling especially if it turns out the right way it's it's so much more fun but having that goal going at the end it was like that was just being like a adam kid all over again getting to be on the ice throwing our gloves up and uh that's another memory that uh just it went the right way and and you know as far as Canadians go, but uh, it was, it was it truly went the right way. Believe me, it was... <laughs> I agree. But it was yeah, it was awesome. Just uh, truly, we're big kids. You know, even in NHL and all that, we're just you know the guys are just growing. I still, we're all still big kids, probably. But um, it was getting a chance to jump around and everything on the ice like that. It was uh, feel like thinking about it, it feels like it was, could have been yesterday, and it's still there. It was it was pretty cool. It's awesome.
Yeah, Jerome, as far north as we all come from in New York, we're practically Canadian anyway, so we, we, we're all pulling for you as well. So, listen, hey, listen, I, I think one of the biggest things, man, is like every time we get like a big timer like yourself on this show, I, I'm just amazed at how all hockey people are humble, awesome human beings like yourself. You know, it's it's such a pleasure to talk to somebody like yourself, and it's it just kind of goes across the spectrum in the hockey world. And I think that's just such a wonderful thing. But before we let you go, man, you want to let, you know, let us know about your golf game. How I'm probably not playing a ton of golf yet up in Boston, but uh, Boston. Tell us a little bit about it, Boston. Yeah. It's, tell it's us actually, a little bit about it's your It's Boston. Uh, Come on, boys. Oh, <laughs> you're a freaking, coming from the Canadian. Yeah, you guys here. Let's do, do this guy. Versus, versus Boston, the Canadian. You're going to have some pasta. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. Talk about, talk about the golf game a bit, man. Yeah. You guys play, you guys play a lot of golf? We oh, try. Yeah. Well, not oh, well, not well. Yeah, yeah, I try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I used yeah. to play a lot too, and it's kind of one of those things that go with hockey, right? And uh, the off season and the, the the camaraderie and the battles on the golf course and the arguments and everything from the, you know. So yeah, it's awesome. Um, with the kids, the young, I, I stopped playing as much. I used to, you know, maybe get eighty rounds in a year, and then uh, I used to play with uh, like Trump. different hockey players. Mark Savard was a real good player. Chuck Kobitsu. Uh, you know, Nate McKinnon is really into it. He, he's fire. You probably uh, have talked to him and heard that. But, um, yeah, now I'm starting to get back into it. It's exciting. The kids are kind of getting into it, and, and so it's another reason to play more. So uh, I kind of got uh, a little bit lower. I, I, I think I got to about a two or three handicap, and then it kind of let it go a little bit. But the yips, I got the yips chipping. And um, I, I just I, – I go up to a, a chip and – you know, everything else can be going good, and, and then I'll chili dip it or, or skull it across the green, and it just drives me nuts. Like, right in my chest, it makes me so mad, right? You know, it burns, and then you got to go do the exact same chip again, and it's just, like, it's so embarrassing. Oh, yeah, and if you yeah. fuck it up the second time, you want to smash your club by then. Yeah, it's a frustrating game. Oh, yeah, and then they, and then guys are like, oh, it's all about the hands. The chipping is all in the hands, you know, and then you're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay, you know, and so – this this uh, brace now, I've I've got my balls out. The weather isn't great, so I'm com- I'm committed to getting rid of it. And I've got uh, YouTube videos. I'm taking I'm watching YouTube videos. I take my uh, shag bag out in a little area in my backyard, and I chip like eight feet, you know, just the, on little grass. That I just chip 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 with the kids and stuff. So I'm committed to getting rid of it. I'm hoping they're gone, and uh, <laughs> I, I still have lots of work to do, but. It just ruins the whole enjoyment of the game when you chili dip it and, and then uh, – so hopefully it's gone. But, yeah, I love golf, getting back into it, and I'm using the time right now, actually, to, like I say, to get better. Are you doing it at the uh, Robert T. Lynch golf course? No, no. This is in uh, – I got one of those little, like, one, two by two feet of uh, fake grass, and then I just put it in the backyard and, uh, uh, yeah, just right, just right out there and – it doesn't really give you the true meaning of, I have no idea if it would have rolled well, but I just want to not chili dip it or skull it. So that's what I'm working on right now. Marty, we're on quarantine, buddy. He's not going to the golf. He's not going to the <laughs> We're all well, I was in, I was in Boston with my, uh, I was in Boston with my nephew and uh, Jerome was at the Robert T. Lynch golf course. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that where you golf? No, no, um, no, I don't uh, normally golf. Like, uh, is that Putterham? 
Yes, uh, Brookline. Yeah, yeah, Potterhouse. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, I guess that's the name, the full name of it, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I go there. Yeah, I live pretty close to there, but no, it's closed <laughs> up. Before that last okay. week, there was about 10, you're allowed to go out in small groups. I was going to the range there for a while and, and staying away, but once that got shut down, um, no, it's uh, now it's just the backyard. But yeah, that's that's it's, hopefully uh, we'll say hi next time. You know, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, we'd love to play some golf with you. I would definitely probably get our ass kicked. But I'm I'm really good at birdie to bogey though. So I got that going for me. Hey, Jerome, man. Good to play sometime. For sure. Hey, it's uh, been great having you on the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight. Um, what an honor to have a guy like you come on and talk to us about hockey, especially in this time when there's no fucking sports going on. So it's been great to, to reminisce and talk talk hockey with you for sure. And appreciate the time. And, you know, enjoy your quarantine up in Boston. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. It's uh, love talking hockey, and um, I look forward to listening. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll get a golf game sometime. Absolutely. This looks like a dangerous fivesome here, boys. A, a few drinks, crash the, the carts around. Yeah, I'm in. You're the caddy. <laughs> Buddy, I would play you on the table. Here we go. All right. Well, Jerome, thanks, man. Have a good night. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, right. Jerome. An honor, buddy. Yeah, big time honor. Thank you, man. Tonight's episode is brought to you by The Second String Leather Company. The Second String Leather Company revives, repurposes, and restitches vintage goalie gear into one-of-a-kind, handcrafted leather goods. Timeless products forged from full-grain, oil-tanned leather paired with a unique blend of vintage gear. Each piece has a story to tell and memory to share. Each collection has been hand-selected and shares a unique journey from early morning practices to championship games. For more information, visit the website at secondstringleather.com. That's secondstringleather.com. All right, boys, what an episode, Jerome Iggy Aginla. I mean, what an honor to have him on the show. Um, you know, just another great NHL letter on the Blue Line uh, Hockey Club tonight. And uh, just to hear another perspective from another player that had a great career. I mean, you're talking about he pretty much did everything as far as the NHL, winning a gold medal. Um, you know, now he's coaching his kids and, and trying to get them to the next level. So he's, he's done it all and great to hear the backstories on some of that stuff. Yeah, man. What a legend. Absolute beauty of the game. One of the best captains. I know he never got it done and I had to bring it up. The Bruins thing. That's all fun and games, but it just breaks <laughs> yeah. my heart because yeah, if they didn't have zero goal, Yarmir Yager all the way, he had no goals <laughs> that whole playoff run. Zero. <laughs> Like, and they lost in on, on that 17 seconds. Like, if Jerome was there, they would have won 100%. I had mm -hmm. to bring it up. I couldn't help it. All respect to that guy, though. <laughs> Legit. Like, I was so hurt when it happened because outside of any Bruins player, like, again, like, he fought, he scored, he was the captain. Yeah. The fight with Le Cavalier in the playoffs, man. I was like in the eighth or ninth grade or some shit when that went down. That, that fight with Le Cavalier, there was so much. 
Uh, so much balls in that fight between the both of them, man. Just both captains knew they had to square off in the Stanley Cup final and fucking chuck bombs, dude. It was the best. Uh, what an absolute legend. And I, I thank you guys for having me on this episode because what a great time. And uh, it was nice for him. You know, he had to have a little Canadian backup if you, we were going to talk yeah, about really? the, uh, the Golden Goal. Oh, yeah, bro. I love how he said, though, you know, at least we avoided, like, another miracle movie. Because that would have happened, man. He would have got fucking, you know, he would have got movied hard. So, good thing. That yeah, yeah, just the, talk, the good news about, about Canadian movies is nobody sees them. So, you guys don't have to worry about us making them. You know, talk about a triple threat. The speed, the hands, and then for a captain to fucking throw him like a tough son of a bitch. Oh, dude. And, and like... What a nice guy. Like, he legitimately sat there, like, laughed with us, joked around. I, I brought up the 2013 thing. He's so humble and nice. And, like, yeah. when you hear him talk, you wouldn't expect him to be the guy that you see in some of those fights, man. Like, he would rip you limb from limb, that fucking guy. Absolute <laughs> awesome. What a, what a time, man. That was a great interview, man. Uh, overall, I can't, I, I can't, I can't yeah, get I over it. I honestly... Yeah, I, I, don't get, I don't get, like, speechless about hockey guys a lot. I've hung out with some, talked to a lot, like you guys. But honestly, man, like, I'm, I'm going to be thinking about this one tonight. That was What an episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't get over it. I said it to him at the end there, man. I, I just can't get over it. Whether, whether, the like, the highest level you played in hockey was high school hockey or peewee hockey or, you you know, you're, like, an NHL Hall of Famer. I mean, it's just, like, across the board, these guys are all – like, everybody's got the same makeup. You know, we all love the game. Everybody seems to be pretty humble. I'm sure there's some jackasses out there like there the rest is, of us. Believe but... me, yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a, a couple, I'm sure guys, there's a couple jackets. Yeah, it's the young guys, right? But guys like Jerome, who grew up in that, like you yeah. said, times were different then. Rookies yeah. were held in place. Like Jerome didn't walk <laughs> into the locker room and run shit like these guys do. Like Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews was running the music the first year in the locker room. That would have never <laughs> fucking that would have never fucking happened in Jerome's time. And now he went through the night. That was the nicest dude I ever talked to. I think I yeah. doing this, man. Like honestly, I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For the uh, for the listeners that don't know, we have Chris Mancuso on with us tonight, who's come on to sit in with our guest and be part of our show. And he's got a pretty cool podcast. If you haven't seen it, you need to check it out called Get the Puck Out. Um, so if you're listening to the Blue Line Hockey Club and you want a, another hockey podcast to check out, check out Get the Puck Out. And uh, Chris, who's your uh, what's it, Kyle? That's on yeah, with you? Con- Kyle how we do it. It's called, it's on the Dean Blendell network, which is Canada's largest blog and podcast network. Um, it, yeah, man, we, we, we started it, uh, like you very much like you guys, just a couple buddies who played hockey growing up, uh, lo- loved hockey. All we do is talk about hockey. One night we were drinking and people were like, why don't you guys start a podcast? Cause all you two do is argue and talk about fucking <laughs> hockey every time you're together. It drives us nuts. So we ended up just starting it, man. And it all just kind of like in the last year went into like a different realm for sure. It's not great. You know, I'm not, I'm not sitting here <laughs> cashing any fucking checks. I get some free stuff. I got free shit coming out the wazoo. I got all these seltzer companies sending me free booze and stuff. Now I have a, I have a seltzer company sending me unreleased flavors to put out in videos, but like, Oh, nice. Cut me a check though. All of a sudden you don't hear from these people. Hey, you guys know. <laughs> Not yet, not yet, Chris. Not yet, we're working there. We're going up the mountain, though. And uh, I, like right. I said, we'll all be doing a lot of stuff together, man. I love talking in with you guys here, and uh, and I appreciate you guys having me on. And we have a lot of cool little things. I mean, we're not going to tell the listeners too much, but 
we've all been talking a lot and there's going to be a lot yeah. of cool shit and a lot of cool content coming across the waves in the next uh, six to 12 months. And, uh, and it all starts with great ass interviews like this one today, boys. Good job. Yeah. All right, boys, before we get to uh, around the rink tonight, we're going to plug one of our sponsors that we have here at the blue line hockey club. If you haven't heard of second string leather, check them out. Um, they make cool stuff. See if you can get a little shot of this wallet they made out of some old goalie pads. Um, they take old goalie pads and make some cool stuff, totes and belts and keychains and wallets and all kind of good stuff like that. So it's uh, really unique. There's no not one product that's the same. Uh, so you get a unique product, whatever you get from them. And what a great concept for hockey fans. So check them out, secondstringleather.com. Really cool product. And uh, we're excited to have them to be part of the show. Nice product. Pretty cool, actually. All right, boys, let's get into Around the Rink, baby. We uh, don't have a hell of a lot of hockey to talk about, but we do have some topics to give you tonight. So um, we'll uh, start with Uncle Lardy here on Around the Rink. What do you got for us, kid? Well, I think I think Chris and I were talking earlier before the podcast got going in that, uh, that if the Stanley Cup's not awarded this year, um, it'd be the first time it hasn't been given out uh, for an for a non-lockout season since 1919, which uh, Chris can tell you why it wasn't handed out. Yeah, that was because of the Spanish flu. The world was going through a pandemic. Another pandemic. Very yeah. much so like it's going now, but the difference between now and then is they've already played 70 fucking games, boys. They got to finish the season one way or another, whether it's just a best of three to the cup final, I don't care. They have to finish this one way or another. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's got to be done at this point. I mean, they've played too many games. Too many games, uh, man. Like too many, way too many games. Can't let the kung fu flu beat this shit out, man. It's got to. Uh, we got to do something right here at the end. That's finish right. thing. Finish this off and give a uh, Stanley Cup to somebody. So too much, too much blood, sweat, and tears have been poured into it so far. So yeah, yeah. The guys have put in seventy games, man. Guys have been hurt. Guys have missed all the time with their families. This stinks for them, man. It's a hard time to be a player right now, no doubt, because you know if they get going again, it's going to be right dead in the summer when they're all want to be golfing, hanging with family, <laughs> seeing old friends. And now they get to be off, and their time off is going to be stuck quarantined in their house and, uh, and, and missing the good weather because a lot of guys are going to be playing, I think, that this is an unprecedented situation and it'll take an unprecedented solution. Like you said, this pandemic. So I think we're going to see some sort of like expanded playoffs with shorter amount of uh, games and series because there's teams on the outside that wouldn't be very fair to. Right. So uh, yeah, no doubt. crazy shit no that doubt. the last time the cup wasn't handed out was the Spanish flu though. Pretty, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy weird. shit. That's what it takes though. I guess to not hand out Lord Stanley. There you go. Yeah, today is a big day because today is supposed to be the NHL draft lottery, which actually determines the final order of the last, you know, the first 15 teams. So today was supposed to be that draft lottery. Again, they postponed that. They postponed the uh, NHL draft, which is was supposed to be in Montreal. I guess they're still looking to have the draft, but it's going to be a virtual draft. Yeah, uh, and Montreal will get it in the next couple of years. Yeah. yeah. June I was supposed to be there this year. Yeah. Oh, really? Get out of here. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were going to be down there this year, uh, Ian and nice. I, with full press, and uh, a guy who uh, is writing for us now, he's with Ottawa. So we had that all hooked up. And, yeah, apparently they're keeping it to Montreal probably 2021 or 2022 because that's not that far from me or you guys either for that matter. No, not that's at all. 
that's not a far drive down for any one of us. Right. So I'm sick about that. That stinks, but you know, we're, we're all going through it, right. All the leagues are going through it. I just hope they can finish the year. Yeah. Yeah, And and then they had the, uh, the number one pick this year. I don't, I'm sure you guys heard of him. Uh, Alexis. Laughing. Yeah. Laughing. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) He didn't help me pronounce last name. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah, but I guess he's like right up there. He's uh, I, I want to believe he's a defenseman, right? In... No, no, Lafreniere's a forward, buddy. He's a forward. He's yeah, electric. Yeah. He's an electric scorer. He's not like a McDavid or McKinnon, but what he is is a solid, solid goal scorer. The kid uh, plays hurt. He's got balls. Um, a, a top end talent. He's fantastic. He's hands down the number one pick this year. Lafreniere he plays in, I think he plays in the Quebec Major Junior League, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he plays uh, in a team that uh, Vincent LeCavier and uh, Sidney Crosby played for Ramuski, in the QJ. Yeah, the, the Ramuski uh, or whatever they are, yeah. or something like that. Um, yeah, no, that's a great program there. Like you said, Crosby went, played through there and all those guys in the queue. Like, you know, what's funny is the OHL is definitely like the best league all around the W where Jerome McGinley played is the toughest league where the big old farm boys out Western Canada yeah. play, uh, guys like Jerome. It. Right. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, the Quebec league is like, not that great out of all the leagues, but like the top guys come from there. Like Crosby. Yeah, I, I think a majority of first of all, they said this, this draft class is all like forwards. Like it's yeah. Another you know, kid. The second of, yeah. I was in the OHL. Uh, I covered the ice dogs for a bit, had a media pass with them. And uh, I saw the guy who everyone says is going to come number two a couple times, Quinton Byfield. He's yes. a massive center. I think he's 6'5", very much like an Austin Matthews type, huge center, a lot of skill, uses his body well. He overall, I'm going to say this now, in five years, he'll be the most useful player, if not the best player to his team, but the most valuable to his team. So whoever like Detroit or whoever, whoever else grabs Byfield is going to be, is going to be really happy. Uh, Lafreniere is just like, a, he's like an, an electric winger, right? But, you know, the value is really in that center that can play in every yeah. situation and, and put up points. And that's what Byfield is. Yeah, they they said it wasn't the the best draft class that they've ever had, but it's definitely a, a you know offensive minded draft for sure. And the two players that week we, on the back end, uh, yeah, yeah, week on the back end. But uh, I think the the one defenseman I I kind of got confused with was the guy kid from the U.S. development program. That uh, I, there's not too many. Uh, most of the draft picks this year are the QJ or the Swedish Elite League. Um, so there's only one or two players in the top 20 that are um, playing in the USA right now. So um, big shout out to the QJ and the uh, Swiss Elite League for sure, producing these players. Yeah, Swiss hockey's on fire lately. Swiss, Finland, like the Scandinavian countries are building up a, are building up great hockey programs, man. Impressive yeah. stuff. All right, boys, let's go to question two in our lightning round here. Robbie, what do you got for us? Yeah, so this might be uh, right in Christmas wheelhouse as well. Um, you know, with the abrupt stop to the, you know, the season, you know, there there is some players that are getting traded. So they may have played their last game. You know, for example, Tory Krug in Boston. Uh, he may have played his last game as a Bruin. And if you hear his, uh, you know, it, he seems to be pretty upset about that. 
Um, yeah. So what do you guys, you know, what do you guys think? Long quest, yeah, bunch of guys. Yeah, there's a laundry list, but speaking of Tory Krug, uh, yeah, like, uh, listen, they they rushed to get deals done with uh, Charlie Coyle and Chris Wagner this year, hometown guys, and then Tory Krug kind of put out the feeler, like, yeah, I would take a bit of a hometown discount, depends how much, and then he comes out and says that this team hasn't had any contact with him at all, so I think if the season ended and they don't come back and play, I think Tory Krug has played his last game, and I think there's a lot of guys there. And I think for Boston, uh, when you got a guy like Matt Greslick on the back end, and then you could sign like an unrestricted free agent, if you can keep Greslick and bring a guy like uh, Sammy Vatnin or Tyson Berry in, if he doesn't stay in Toronto, if you sign both of those guys for the eight to $9 million Tory Krug's going to get on the open market, including from teams like the Colorado Avalanche with a ton of space who would be all over him, and his home state in Michigan, the Detroit Red Wings, both those teams would offer him at least $9 million a season. So why is he going to take six and a half in Boston? It won't happen. The logistics aren't there. They can sign two defensemen for that price. I think Tory Krug's gone. I'm one of the few people that follow the Bruins and covers them and that, that, that believes that, but I, and, and I'm not even that mad about it. I'm like one of the few <laughs> Bruins people like he's a great defenseman, but he's absolutely a power play offensive defenseman. Like there's times in your own zone when you're like a hardcore fan watching that Krug's in his own end and a guy overpowers him, takes the puck, and you're just like, fuck, man. Like, these small defensemen sometimes. It does frustrate you. So, I mean, big <laughs> loss for the Bruins, obviously, in their power play and scoring. But, yeah, guys you, like Corey Krug. will lead Toronto? You don't, you don't oh, think yeah. So? Oh, buddy, he would have been – if they would have been able to make something happen at the deadline where they could have brought in as good a de- of a defenseman, they would have bailed out halfway through this year. That fit has not been good – Anyway, including like in the locker room from everything that I've heard from my people in Toronto. Oh, really? Which, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, no, not not the biggest fan there. Tyson Berry will not be back in Toronto next year. I would bet, <laughs> I would bet my left, right, and center nuts on it, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw something on uh, from, I think it was Dean Lundell, uh, saying uh, Mitch Marner might be dealt. Well, no, but no, no. What, what, what that, that joke was? or what? No, no, that was just, uh, yeah, no, they were just playing like uh, what what three deals would look like for Leafs players. What, hey, what if, yeah, what would what a deal they... look like? And they just did it with that. So, yeah, it was hilarious. They kind of played with the title a little bit. I saw some Toronto fans getting really fucking upset about it. I was going to say, it was, I heard I mean, every just... Toronto fan's heads pop. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But, I mean, just, <laughs> you know what, though? After the negotiation that Marner had with his dad running rampant all over with the media and, you know, uh, th- this game, you guys know it. It's very much a business, and uh, people are always trying to put information out, this and that. And Mitch Marner's dad, Paul, was just like a, a thorn in the side to every single person in Leafs Nation during that negotiation. So, like, yeah, as well as with Dean, like, he would he would deny it. And I'll say it anyway because I would tell him that, so I don't even feel like I'm uh, I'm talking out of turn. He just hates Mitch Marner because he took him to the fucking cleaners last year. So I loved I loved that they started with Marner. That series was no doubt going to start with Mitch Marner. I would have bet on that, and I'm glad it did because yeah, I saw some people stirring up like they were thinking of trading Mitch Marner from the headline, and that's great. What about Jumbo? Do you think we'll see Jumbo playing again? Yes. One more year. Well, I could see Jumbo go to Toronto to be honest. That wouldn't be too I bad. Could, I could see him taking Spets's spot in Toronto. He's from uh, a place called St. Thomas, which is about uh, about an hour away from Toronto as well, hour and 
10, 15 minutes. Oh, okay. um, it's west, west towards like London, Windsor, and that borders Detroit. So Joe Thornton's from out that way. He's from like two hours away from the Michigan border. Not far off of where you guys are. I mean, it's all yeah, kind yeah. of in that. Windsor Spitfires and yeah, London yeah, Knights. Yeah, yeah, London yeah. Knights. Yeah, he's grown up in St. Thomas, which is about 25 minutes from London. So Joe sure. Thornton, that's nice and close to home. Uh, and I mean, it has to be a contender, right? So uh, the Leafs make the most sense to me. Jason Spezza, they don't need to keep him. Joe Thornton, one more year, probably with the Leafs. That's my guess. That wouldn't be too bad. We got to get right, Chris up there, the GM running there, Toronto. Let's get D Train's perspective on the round the rank tonight. What do you got for us, D Train? Well, I mean, do you want to change gears from hockey? Do you want to talk something else or not? Yeah, I mean, uh, switch the gears. Sure. Listen, I I, I think uh, in the world that we're living in, we can't, you know, it can't be solely focused on hockey because there's no hockey, there's no fucking football, there's no fucking baseball, there's nothing. So, I mean, um, the one thing that there is coming up is the NFL draft, right? So uh, you can talk. This is going to be kind of held in the in a kind of unique way, being held like like they're talking about the NHL draft being held. Uh, it's going to be virtual. Um, you know, they got a lot of uh, there's kind of like a little bit of an uproar coming from, you know, certain uh, people in the NFL world that people are coming in their house, setting up the draft, you know, setting up the cameras and stuff. Everybody's scared that the Corona is going to get on them or something like that. And um, so it'll be interesting. They're doing like a mock, you know, they're kind of like going to do a mock trial run um, to begin with. But I-, I think this is kind of like a glimmer of hope for the sports world. You know, I think, you know, at least we're going to get a fucking draft like that we can watch on television. You know, like I I kind of like, I kind of applaud the NFL for like kind of taking a lead here, getting out there, like, you know, putting some product on a television that all of us people that are like sitting in quarantine can finally fucking celebrate and say, Hey, at least there's some kind of sports going on. So I would just say like, you know, I, I applaud the NFL for making this happen for giving some hope to some people that are just sitting in their houses doing jack shit all day long, every day, you know, if, as long as you have a job, if you don't have a job or have a job, but um, it's uh, I, I'm excited to see it. And I just uh, like to get your guys take on that. Well, I, I, I was looking at it, you know, just cause there's nothing else to do and it's Ohio state, Alabama. And then you got Joe Burrow up there, you know, everyone's talking about him, but the rest is fucking Ohio state and Alabama, the top five. Um, it just goes to speak volume on those programs. But Joe Burrow, I think, is going to be a, a hell of a quarterback. Uh, I'm excited to watch him in the uh, Bengals. NFL. Be the Bengals quarterback. Bengals. Yeah, oh, yeah. Bengals. Jesus. How many? How many top picks can they fuck up? <laughs> well, you know what, yeah. boys? I'm I'm a Miami Dolphins fan as far oh, as. Oh, here we go. We got like seven first round picks, or what? Yeah, yeah. This team stinks so bad. They have seven first round picks, and they'll still find a way to ruin it. I actually, I think they got three. But uh, yeah, it's all about in Miami land. It's all about that Tua Tanganova. Or I don't know how to say his last name. Tua Tanganova. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and uh, you know that that was the big hype this year. The kid pops his hip or some gruesome injury, but yeah, we'll see. I know Joe Burrow. I saw a lot of people were wondering if he would even want to play with the Bengals. I know he shut that that whole rumor down, but yeah, man, <laughs> I I feel bad for him having to go to Cincinnati <laughs> and like play in the in, in the dirty slums of Ohio. Uh, <laughs> 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 Fucking California penal leagues. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pete, you got any perspective on the NHL or the NFL or the Bills no. are going to be good, Robbie. You got rid of Tom Brady out of that division, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll fuck it up for sure. I mean, look, uh, as a as a sports fan, yeah, I'd love to see a draft. Do I, you know, think it's smart? No, fuck no. But you know, it is what it is. I, I'll be happy to see some uh, normal solution. Yeah, if someone else has to get the corona for our entertainment, that's fine. They're not coming to my house. Like, <laughs> let's go. Set it up. I'm not sending my family back to normalcy, but I'm happy to watch others. Sure. Yes, exactly. That's right. <laughs> All right. Okay, I guess it's my turn for uh, my question. I'm kind of up in the air because there's not much going on. I was either going to talk about how much chafage I've got this week, trying to get back in shape, not being able to walk down the stairs without – my legs three feet apart. You gotta tell them potter those balls, bro. You gotta, you gotta do that. You, that's rookie move there. You gotta have the baby powder ready at all times when you're doing that. I can't even wipe my ass. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll go with the other topic that we were discussing earlier today was this NFL star Chris Johnson um, getting himself in trouble with a murder for hire. I guess like a year ago or two years ago. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck are these guys doing? You know what I mean? He's had like, I mean, he's obviously got too much money and he's too fucking arrogant for his own good to think that he can hire to kill somebody because apparently somebody shot at him a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I saw that. I mean, apparently, what the fuck? He got shot in the shoulder. I mean, so somebody did shoot at him. You know, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate real quick. And, you know, good job for Chris uh, Johnson. Uh, <laughs> he, he knew who shot at him and you know what he handled it himself <laughs> he told the cops I don't know nothing don't worry about it and then he was going to kill the guy he got shot by him why are we protecting the guy who shot him <laughs> is that the fucking tiger king for Christ's sake well apparently yeah they're going to put Chris Johnson in the same cell as Joe Exotic <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all Carol Baskin's fault that bitch yeah, yeah. <laughs> If Chris Johnson isn't careful, he'll become Joe Exotic's third straight wife if he fucking. <laughs> the best wife. part is those guys were just dating him because he was giving them meth or whatever. Fuck, what, what, a, what a story that was, the Tiger King. Oh my if anybody God, out man. there, your listeners, hasn't seen Tiger King, invest in, and just enjoy the, the <laughs> From country music to tigers to fucking Carol Baskin, that bitch, Carol Baskin. Polygamy. Polygamy, murder for hire. And everything. It's got everything, right. An accidental methadone-induced suicide, like Mm -hmm. accidental shot in the head on meth. Like, what what an episode. Did you see that? He was like, the clock doesn't, doesn't work without the clip. Bang! Yeah, right in his own head. Yeah. (laughs) And then the the, the morbid thing was how he was at the guy's funeral. Like the guy's mom's there crying. Joe Exotic's like, he would do anything to make me feel good. When I was focusing on the computer, if I wouldn't laugh, he would damn near put his balls on my face. (laughs) (laughs) At his funeral, and then he goes, "Those were golden nuggets to that boy." And then all of a sudden, the next scene, he's singing a song up on the thing. It was awesome. Tiger King on Netflix. Free promotion for them for life for me. Like, oh, I will recommend that. I would recommend Tiger King to Jesus if I met him. <laughs> Jesus, what the fuck are you doing out here? Go watch Tiger King. <laughs>
Well, boys, uh, what, an, what an episode, man. Uh, having AV on. Um, great talk tonight. And another superstar coming on the Blue Line Hockey Club. Uh, it's just been an honor to have him on the show and get everybody's perspective on our, everybody had a different question for him tonight. I think he was a, a great guest. He answered every question for us. He didn't give us any shit about going over time. Um, you know, so it was, it was pretty cool, boys. It was definitely a great episode that I won't forget. Chalk it up for the boys. I love hey. it. That, that makes it even yes, better. Uh, Way to go, boy. Pop the cherry. Pop the cherry. He trains on mute there. Hey, um, and we also got to get together and play golf with Biggie because uh, yeah. we've, got that, we've got that challenge out there. So Yeah, well, he threw the invite, so if he doesn't come now, I mean, it would just it would be unfortunate. Yeah, right. He's got to come. We're going. Hey, we're in Boston. Where the fuck are you? Yeah. Hey, buddy, we're in Boston. <laughs> All right, boys, another great episode. And uh, don't forget to go on to TigerStringLeather.com to check out their products. Uh, great sponsor for the Blue Liners. And... Uh, great products. Just get on there and then check them out. And until next time, boys, keep your stick on the ice. Tell you. Good job, boys. That was cool. All right, boys. Good job, Korea. Keep your head up.